Hey, 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 and welcome to Find Your Way with your host, Q-Chan, where we mix the serious, psychological, and educational stuff with a healthy dose of fun and laughter. So whether you're a wise old owl or fresh out of the oven, I guarantee you'll learn something new. So join me for a wild ride into the fascinating world of psychology and education. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Find Your Way with your host, Q-Chan. And as I always say, you can definitely call me Mr. Q as well. So what do you think? I changed the setting a little bit. It was a little bit uncomfortable, to be honest, because I I used to be sitting down over there and like around the white wall, and I had like this little stand for the mic. So yeah, I had to like bend over like this, and it was just a little bit uncomfortable so this is definitely way more comfortable i had like a new stand over here um for the mic so hopefully this will make everything a bit smoother um so okay so let's go back to what we were talking about on the previous episode so we're gonna go to part two of the psychology of learning and within the psychology of learning the important part is that we have just lots of different subtopics for the psychology of learning. But for this, we decided to go for cognitive load. The reason why I decided to go for cognitive load is because we all go through so many different parts of our lives in which we don't understand why we get easily irritated or easily frustrated, for example. Sometimes just like, whoa, you don't even know what happened and you're just like, boom, explode uh, in front of your significant other in front of your family and usually the people that we end up hurting are the people that we love the most and it's because we just feel comfortable being able to download out of all of our frustrations and stuff like that and just problems but we want to avoid that and how can we avoid that is if you didn't if you don't understand the topic of the cognitive load I do really recommend you going to the previous episode so you can learn the definitions of the three main ones that we talked about. So we talked about intrinsic cognitive load, extraneous cognitive load, and germane cognitive load. They all work together. However, the one that you want to avoid the most is definitely the extraneous one. The one that it has no connection whatsoever. What you're doing has no connection whatsoever with the task at all. So we talked about different examples in the previous episode. So definitely check that out in order to be able to understand this one better. So for this, we're going to start with how can we reduce the cognitive load that can help learners focus their attention and mental resources on the most important things uh, in our daily lives. So one that I mentioned a lot on our previous episode was we need to learn how to be simple because nowadays just people are just too too serious and i don't understand why i mean we only get to live once i mean come on right let's have fun it's like the the main the other thing that i was saying on the previous episode you have all of these like japanese kids and let's say asian asian students who have a very complicated alphabet at least for us it's pretty easy it's just the abcs done. And in Spanish, you have a little thing that ticks on the top of a certain word to increase the intonation of that word. So for example, we have like that, we called acento, the little ticky, I don't even know how to call it, but in Spanish it's called tilde, that we add on the word. In French, you have the same the same thing, but that's it. It's not really that difficult if you compare it to Chinese, for example. Korean, it's a bit simpler, but still, it's just 
different thingies, like a little drawings for uh, in order to communicate. And when you open a book, what's just so hard? I don't understand how children can even read. It is pretty sad. I, this one thing that I feel about here in Japan is just so sad that children cannot just open any book and read it. Whereas maybe for us, if we open any book, maybe we can, we don't understand the word, but at least we can read it. And when we read it and we don't understand the word, there's like plenty of options for us, right? Either we ask our mom or dad or grandma, granddad or whomever, or you just look it up on the internet or you just open a dictionary and that's it, done. But in Japanese, you don't understand the kanji, you're done. You're done. And like example that I was saying is like this Japanese creative person just decided to come and, okay, I'm going, I'm going to make kids have fun while they're learning kanji. How am I going to do that? Add poop to every example. And I, seriously, I do the same uh, in my classes. Uh, maybe a lot of you don't know, but I am a teacher. I just don't teach English. I teach all different kinds of subjects and I do follow the IB curriculum. So how can we reduce the cognitive load? It's just make it fun, make it is easy and make it simple simplify complex information. So for example, when you're learning English, a lot of us, when we are learning like parts of speech becomes quite difficult to like, what is an adverb? What is an adjective? What is a verb? What is a noun? What is a pronoun? You get so confused. So if you're asking your students, okay, we're going to write a small short 40 word essay, but you definitely have to add two adjectives, two verbs and two nouns and like, wait, what? But if you actually show an example on your whiteboard or smart board or chalkboard or whatever board that you're using and you add like simple drawings, it would definitely reduce the cognitive load for the students. They don't really have to use that much. Another example is for example, uh, another example is say, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and I think it was Steve Jobs as well, that they, they well, Steve Jobs used to, and Mark Zuckerberg, they dress the same way every day. The reason why is because they don't want to wake up and add cognitive load to their daily lives, so they just choose to wear a black t-shirt and jeans. Done. And it's true, it really reduces one part of, of your life that it might be very difficult. I would say for women, it's definitely way more difficult than it is for men. At least uh, that's what I want to believe, but I don't know if it's true or not. But just make things simpler. Okay, next, remove unnecessary information. So that's where like extraneous cognitive load, is like it can be reduced by removing all the irrelevant information from instructional materials. And for us as well, you can remove so much. Say that you are at work, you finish at 6.30, you have a family to feed, so you have to go back home and you have to cook dinner. But the thing is, you don't know what you have on your in your fridge, you don't know what you want to cook. And the thing is, maybe all of these things that I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, will definitely pile up you'll get irritated, you'll get frustrated. And if your significant other says, is dinner ready? You'll be like, let me be. <laughs> It'll be pretty angry, of course. You don't want anyone to tell you, hey, where's the dinner? Give it to me now. So how can we avoid that? Definitely, and it's easy. Make a list. Make a list and decide every week or every weekend 
with your significant other, decide what you're going to eat every single day. I mean, you don't have to be that hard, but definitely work together and be like, okay, if we're going to make uh, something here called mabodofu is the first thing that popped into my head. You need tofu, you need the, the minced meat, uh, you need different kinds of vegetables. So then you work together, okay, who finishes at what time or who has a break at what time. You have to buy the necessary um, things in order to make the dinner. It just makes it easier. But the thing is, yeah, we're all humans and there's no perfect system, but remove unnecessary information. Uh, three, use clear and consistent formatting. This is something that I actually recently was just talking to the principal of my school. So the thing is, we have so many different kinds of documents in our Google Drive. And I'm sure anyone uh, that works and uses Google, Google Plus or whatever it's called, you use Google Drive. And sometimes you get a message from someone and be like, you need to go to this folder and this folder and this folder. And it's just like, my God, there's just so many different documents that you get lost trying to find it. And you're wasting about five to 10 minutes doing that. Yes or no? Most likely I'm going to get a yes. And what will happen is that's adding to your extraneous cognitive load. You start getting irritated and you'll be like, God, why can we not make this easier? Right? Who has been on that boat? I have been on that boat over and over and over again. So something that I said, and uh, I still believe in this, is a lot of people are very creative and it's great. But depending on where you work, we don't need artists in all different kinds of works. If you are in a business setting, you don't need a beautiful formatted document that is going to be used, say, every year or every several months in... Right, you don't need it beautifully. So what, I, what I'm recommending is if you're going to be constantly using the same document, have one that looks boring but easy to follow, and that would immediately decrease or eliminate that extraneous cognitive load. And you just know, okay, this is the document that I have to do or type, and you just start typing in. So instead of adding on that extraneous cognitive load, you're just going to be bored and be hating what you're doing, but you're not going to be trying to like where is that document from last year or like two years ago three years ago it's just gonna be like there's the same document over and over and over again make it boring make it simple make it consistent consistency is definitely uh what we need to uh, pursue uh next would be we have two more and then we'll be done provide scaffolding so depending on where you work at but at this age maybe some of you are already managers, or if you're a teacher, your professor, a tutor, uh, instructor, or whatever that you're doing, scaffolding is definitely very important. So scaffolding basically is the process of breaking down complex tasks into smaller ones. So what I was saying also, this just this also sounds very complicated. It's easy. Scaffolding means just being next to the student or whomever you're guiding and doing things with them. Um, an example is a teacher could provide learners with an outline. What I was saying is if you have a big class and something that I was saying to you is I go into my whiteboard and I write specifically what I want them to do. Like I told you, there's some examples that I've some people that I've seen asking their students to do something. And then when they get it, they go like, no, 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 no. And I said, this is incredibly unfair for the student. You can't do that. Right. Last one, and I would say 
probably the most important one or I mean actually all of them are important but minimize distractions I've been to so many different kinds of classrooms to see like where the teacher is talking for example this background that I have I feel is very distracting so that's why I chose a white background before but because it was hurting my back I decided to stop and doing it and this is a little bit more interesting so all of that for me is like all the pictures of my beloved ones and, and like that but while I'm recording myself to be honest it's a little bit distracting <laughs> looking at the pictures uh, and I don't really want to do that but anyway so minimize minimize distractions in the learning environment can help reduce extraneous cognitive load so for example learners may be distracted by noise by clutter or other factors that can interfere with their ability to focus so a lot of us if you work in a city for example you will be listening to the ambulance just going and it's gonna be like what that happens to me all the time all the time in my classroom because i work in the middle of the city well we're gonna be moving to a new campus and that's gonna be pretty cool so all of those distractions are gonna be gone but yes is for example, you decide that you want to start reading books, but if you are in an environment that is incredibly distracting, it's not gonna work, it's not gonna work for you, okay? So before we finish, I, I'm, I'm actually going to add, uh, just for the YouTube video, not for the podcast, for the podcast, I'm gonna be ending, ending it over here, but definitely you want to learn more about cognitive load, I'm gonna be adding the, uh, at least like another three to four minutes on YouTube with some pictures exemplifying basically what cognitive is and how it looks like. So definitely check that out. So thank you so much for another episode with uh, Find Your Way with your host Q-chan and see you next time. Goodbye.